What's up? And welcome to episode 55 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me as always is Woody V. What's happening, mate? So much, brother. Great to be here. Christmas around the corner. Excited. That's it. Uh, me too, mate. Well, just a quick reminder where to find us. So please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on YouTube or where all uh, podcasts are found. Really appreciate everyone's support. So, look, today we're absolutely thrilled to have another very special guest joining us. She started her career in Sutherland in New South Wales and represented Australia at youth level before attending St. Mary's University in the US. After returning home, she helped win a title with her hometown Sydney Flames and then went on to play with Adelaide, where she made another grand final and also won the Defensive Player of the Year award in 2019. 2019 was also when she made her Opals debut and then went on to play with the Townsville Fire and made the All-WNBL second team in 2020. She's one of the best players in the NBL one competition and is having another career year this season in the WNBL where she's currently second in the league in scoring. It is a very special welcome to Lauren Nicholson. Oh, thanks for having me guys. That was a nice intro. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't forget anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's absolute um, pleasure to have you on there, Lauren. We really appreciate no, that, it. That's not really nice. Well, I was sort of yeah, saying to Woody earlier, um, no, absolutely. I'm a pleasure to have you. And as I say to Woody earlier, I don't like to play favourites on this show, but I have been saying to him all season that you're my favourite WNBL player. So I'll try not to get starstruck today when I'm asking you these questions, but yeah, great, great to have you on. Um, and look, we normally sort of go through a few um, jerseys and sort of show them off. We're going to make the show a little bit different today. It's going to be more about Lauren this week. But um, Woody, I know you're sort of wearing a, a WNBL jersey today that you wanted to show off. So why don't you show the audience that one? My first one. All right. Why not? So Woody's got his Flames Willoughby jersey. I think it just came in the mail yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So then came to get one of those. That's a, a nice looking jersey, Woods. Yeah, you know, I have to have, to have something to match my King's hat. Um, but yeah, Justin Willoughby, uh, import for the Sydney Flames this year. She's made an impact. I, I think, uh, Lauren, you, yeah, you've, you've not gone up against her just yet, have you? No, we haven't played the Flames yep. yet, but she's a, she's a good player. Not a bad jersey to have at all. Very good. I did mention as well, Woods, and I also let Lauren know that I did order an orange number one Townsville jersey a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, it hasn't come in time. Otherwise, I would have been wearing that. So, look, I thought I'd just show a couple of jerseys today. Um, hanging behind me, I've got the Rashad Kelly Jack Jumpers jersey, um, just in honour of him coming on the show uh, last month. So I wanted to show that one. And just given it's Indigenous round in the NBL, I'm just wearing a uh, do-off wreath uh, Illawarra Hawks uh, jersey from last year. So as I said, not going to do the normal stuff where we sort of give all the, the bios and speak about these players. But what do you reckon, Lauren? We might get um, straight into it and have a bit of a chat. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, good stuff. Well, now, Lauren, first thing we wanted to, to ask you, and we'd like to ask all our guests this, um, how you got into basketball and who were your early influences in the sport? Uh, I guess um, when I was real young, it was just my mum and my sister. I was around the game um, at a really early age, probably four or five. I was running up and down a basketball court, and um, my mum actually went to the AIS the first year it opened to play um, at a state level and went over to college as well so uh, they were probably the main influences and I also just loved watching the game um, loved being around it loved all the people um, and you know had a few 
players that I loved watching and also the 2000 Olympics, I reckon, was when I really thought, well, I want to be a basketball one day. Nice. Well, tell us about that. Did you have sort of any, you know, players or teams or anything that when you were growing up that you sort of followed either in women's or men's basketball then? I think the Opals when I was little, um, Michelle Timms, I used to love watching her play. She was just uh, feisty and um, especially at that 2000 Olympics, she was awesome to watch. And I also loved Robin Ma. Um, she was just a defensive specialist and outworked anyone on the court. So I loved watching her too. So I would say probably the Opals. And then as I've gotten older, um, I've followed a couple of NBA teams here in there but I wouldn't say I'm a massive follower of any team in particular I'm also players. Fair enough. Well Lauren we've had Michelle Timms as a guest on this show before and she spoke fondly about her experience at that 2000 Olympics towards the end of her career and how much it meant to her uh, to play in front of a home crowd she's a legend so um, uh, that's a pretty good role model uh, someone to look up to. Uh, I also wanted to quickly ask you about um, your time playing for St Mary's where you attended from 2012 to 16. What was it like being away from home at a young age, probably for the first time for an extended period? And, and you know, that college experience in, in America, everyone speaks about it being unique. Uh, tell us a little bit about all of that, if you could. Yeah, um, so I went over there when I was 19 and I always joke around that I left as a kid and I came back as an adult. And I think my family will back me up when I say that. Um, I definitely was just a little kid didn't really know what I was getting myself into but um I made the decision to go to St Mary's because I actually knew a couple of people over there I knew Kate Gaze who I actually play with now um and my sister played with her throughout juniors so she was a big draw card uh, for me to go over there and I think it was easier for my family to say bye knowing that she was there um but yeah I um I think when I went over, it was more about the life experience and also um, getting a college degree as well. Um, that, that was massive. And um, I, didn't, I didn't know when I went to college if I wanted to be a basketballer, but I think as I developed over there and as I was getting a little bit older, I realised that well, it was what I wanted to do. But it's just, it's just different over there. It's um, you literally live and breathe basketball and study and you're always with your team. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I have someone's, I also definitely had the freshman 15. You get really excited about the, um, the chocolate milk on tap and all of that stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it would, definitely was a great experience and I would recommend it to any kid still now. Nice. I was going to ask you, I know a lot of our viewers will know sort of two really big Aussie names in men's basketball that went to St Mary's, of course, in Paddy Mills and Matthew Del Vadova. There was also a guy that's going really well in the NBA at the moment in Jock Landale. So I know he was probably over there a similar time to you. Did you ever sort of have anything to do with, with Jock back in the day? Or? Yeah, he was there, I believe. I don't know if it was one or two years that I was there. Um I think it was two years and yeah, the first year, it, it was funny, it wasn't much of an impact for the St. Mary's men's team. Um, but my second year there, I remember thinking, wow, this guy is going to be really good. Uh, and he got himself in shape uh, that year and really started to 
get good at basketball. And as we see now, he's incredible. He's done a great job and he deserves it because he worked uh, his butt off. So, yeah, it's really cool to see. And it's cool. It's cool to see players out of St. Mary somewhere where you've been and know the system to do really well. Yeah, so success came to you in that first season with the Flames, Lauren, beating Dandenong in the championship. How special was that experience for you playing, playing alongside some really talented girls on that team? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I, I came into that season, I actually got injured uh, in the first few weeks. Um, which was really disappointing because I was excited. It was my first professional contract and um, I was back home in Sydney, um, which was awesome. But um, I was really lucky. I got to train against Linda Snell every day and she's just an absolute legend. Um, and back then was still in her prime. Uh, and also Leilani Mitchell, who everyone knows is um, one of the best Opals players to ever go through it. So. Um, it was cool playing along and I came off the bench and just tried to do my part and that season it kind of just got better and better as it went on. Um, yeah, and I only have really, really great memories. I, um, I, It's kind of funny, I feel like you get a feeling that you know when you're going to win a championship because everything just goes right. You're playing, everyone's playing their best basketball. Um, there was never a doubt in my mind. So I, I've we won it in two games um, in Danong and yeah, it was really special. And um, yeah, I did it with some of my really good friends too, in uh, Sarah Graham, Sinead Greaves, um, which was um, cool, really cool. I think it was a fractured tibia you had that going into that season, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I just was that training, doing a layup with no one around me and it just Fractures, just no, freak accident. Is, is that the worst injury you've had in, in your career today? Not that we're going to talk about injuries, but is that the worst one? Or? <laughs> yeah, touch wood, there's no more. Um, uh, yeah, probably. I've had a couple of issues, but other than that, yeah, that to be honest, wasn't, wasn't nice, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah, so after that first season with the Flames, Lauren, uh, you left and ended up going to Adelaide for a few years. Um, what was that like for you, going from a big city to, you know, a much smaller one? It was uh, really hard to leave home, um, and I love Sydney. Sydney will always be my home. Um, so to leave and try something different, especially within Australia, um, was a big step. But um, I think it was more of a basketball decision, not necessarily the place. Um, in saying that I spent three years in Adelaide and I loved the city by the end of it. But um, yeah, I think Chris Lucas, who was the coach there at the time, um, he kind of gave me an opportunity to go there to work on my game, to be a full-time basketballer. And in that, in Sydney, I couldn't do that. I was still working a full-time job um, and trying to play as well. So um, I like getting into basketball and see how I could actually be. Um, so yeah, I, I liked Adelaide. I um, lived in a place called Henley Beach, which yep. was such a nice um, suburb in Adelaide. And um, yeah, my lifestyle was pretty cruisy, so I couldn't complain at all. 
And what is it with the teams you've chosen there as well, Lauren? So the, the Flames, the Lightning and the Fire, is that like some sort of coincidence or something there with all those sort of, all those team names are a little bit related? <laughs> yeah, I've never actually thought of it, that before, but I don't know. It's a coincidence, but maybe it's not. Who knows? <laughs> well, they're all they're all cool names anyway, so I'll give it that. So, um, well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that um, second season with the Lightning there. So you took out the WNBL Defensive Player of the Year award that I mentioned at the start. So that must have been really special, getting that recognition. Was that something you'd sort of had any any goals to try and achieve? Uh, yeah. So when I signed in Adelaide, um, I knew I sort of had to do a couple of things um, to get on the court and one of them was rebounding um, and that's kind of what Chris told me if you want to play you've got to do these two things so um, that's what I did all season um, and then I continued that the following season and I think like um, it, it's cool it's it's the best thing in basketball to be known as a defensive player because um, there's not a whole lot that are known as that. Um, there's a lot of great offensive players, but only a handful of defensive. And I think I still try and um, trademark my game around that. Um, but yeah, it was just a way for me to lock in, be really good at it. And that's how I would get more court time, per se. Yeah, totally. That's, that's a great attitude as well. You know, uh, they say, you know, defense is what, what wins the ball games. So I wanted to ask you this, this question because uh, I'm Indian myself, Lawrence. So your first surplus experience, you, ma you made your debut in 2019 at the FIBA Asia Cup in, in Bangalore out of all places, right? You won a bronze medal there. Firstly, it must have been a huge honor for you to represent your country. But, um, you know, India is a cricket-mad country, right? What kind of crowds turned up to the basketball there? And what was your experience like of, of actually visiting India? I loved it. Um, it was definitely different to anything I've ever experienced before. Um, I, we didn't get to do a whole lot outside of just going to training and playing. But all the people um, around basketball, were really friendly there was actually a fair few people um at the games which was um yeah it was really it was really cool um they are um uh, indian people are sport mad um and it was yeah i felt like that they got around the basketball a little bit as well and um there was a few times where we got to walk around the neighborhood and um yeah everyone went, i loved it and it was a great first experience um yeah, loved it. Brilliant. Awesome. I actually heard you, um, well, I actually replayed an old episode of you on the Shooting the Breeze podcast there, Loz, um, speaking with Paul last year. Um, he was sort of telling that story about when you got that call up to that Opal squad from Cary Graff, um, sort of how proud a moment it was. And I think you sort of said the first person you, you called uh, was your mum at that time. So what are your memories of that? That must have been a really special time, right? Yeah, so I was actually, I was playing in Adelaide and it was after a game and I remember Sandy um, saying to me before the game that she wanted to have a chat after but with the game and everything else I didn't really think a whole lot of it um, I and then I actually forgot and it wasn't until after she was like oh Liz, can we have that chat and I thought oh yeah no worries and she kind of sat me down and was telling me that I'd been playing well 
well and um, blah, blah, and a conversation that went on for about 10 minutes. And I didn't ever dream of her asking me if I wanted to be a part of the Opal squad, but um, she did. And I kind of just froze. I remember just sitting there. I don't think I talked back to her for a couple of minutes. Um, she probably thought, what's going on here? Maybe she doesn't want to be a part of it. But I was just so excited and um, felt really overwhelmed uh, with emotions because it's something that um, doesn't come around for a lot of people and something that I had thought about when I was a bit younger. But as it gets closer, you kind of put it to the side because you never actually know if it's going to happen. And I walked afterwards to the car and the first person I called was my mum, as I do with everything um, that any big news in my life and uh, I just called her and I told her and it was a very emotional phone call a few tears a few laughs but yeah it was a really nice moment to share with her and um, something that it's going to be for a long time. It's a great story. Yeah Lauren what a proud moment it must have been um, for your mother to get that news as well so um, now it's like what your third season playing in Townsville with the fire I just wanted to ask you I mean you enjoy playing up there, and um, like, who are your closest friends? I mean, who are your homies? Who do you kick it with off the court when you're when you're uh, in your downtime over there? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it up here. It's uh, different again to any other experience that I've had, but um, I can't say a bad word about Townsville. I love it. Um, I love the weather. I love the people. I love the organization. Um, there's nothing bad about it, but my homies, uh, I love Eliza Fabro, who is one of our different yep. players. Um, yeah, she's a 21 year old who's an awesome young girl and she's from, uh, the Townsville area. Um, Kate Gaze has just, uh, signed midway through our season, um, again. So it's full circle of basketball, like knowing her from when I'm young and then going to college with her now. This is our second season at the fight together. So she's just a lifelong family friend. So I'd say she's one of my homies off the court. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like everyone though. I, yeah, I like hanging out with all the girls. That, that's a great story with Kate Gaze, just, you know, from the commentary box a few weeks ago and now she's playing with you. That's, that's terrific, right? So. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's so it's good for her, and um, she's still good enough to play in the WNBL. So I love having her back. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I mean, speak of friends, you you would you would obviously go up against a lot of friends and former teammates. If you're going to look back on your career, I don't know whether it be international or uh, domestic, um, can you name a couple of your toughest opponents? Like got people you've gone up against that you say, "Damn, you know, I'm I'm." I'm I'm in for, in for a challenge today sort of thing, right? You know what? I feel like just the other day we played against the Melbourne Boomers and two seasons now I've played against Tiffany Mitchell um, and she's just a superstar. She honestly is so tough to guard. Um, I think she's the hardest person to guard in our league. Um, she's just elite. And what makes her an even better competitor is that she is lovely once it all finishes. So um, I love playing against her. Um, oh, goodness. I don't know. I feel like I'm against it, but I think Sammy Whitcomb is another one. Um, 
I think a phenomenal athlete and a really tough person to guard um, as well. But, but uh, there's a lot. But uh, there's so many good players I've played against, so I can't. There are two I'm going to say, but there's so many more. Hey, Loz, how do you rate Steph Talbot's game? She's someone that I really enjoy watching and love watching her play in the, the World Cup recently. She's obviously a similar age to, to yourself, I think, there. What's she like to go against? Yeah, yeah, she was the next person I would have said. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she's tough. And what's tough about her is she can do a little bit of everything. Um, she can shoot it. She can put it on the floor. She can play defense herself. Um, and she's a great slasher. So she's tough to guard. And I played one season with her in Adelaide and just a really great person. Um, got along really well away from basketball and, um, yeah, she does a really good job too. Um, what I've always liked about Steph is she is 100% committed to basketball, but when she leaves basketball, she has uh, really enjoys her life as well, um, which I think is really important and is probably a big part of why she is the player that she is. Nice. Good answer. Maybe let me just jump in there really quickly, Robbie. You, you said mm. that Steph Talbot has... A, a lot of things in life that she likes to do, you know, outside of basketball, she's got interest. I was going to ask you the same question, right? You know, when you're not playing, right, what do you do in your downtime? I mean, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do off the floor? Well, I'm a pretty relaxed person. Uh, I love the beach. Love it. Um, I love my family too. So when I'm in Sydney for those six months, I feel like I spend every spare second uh, with my niece, Noah. Um, and hang out with my sister, my sisters and mum as much as I can. Um, and then when I'm up here, gosh, I probably spend a lot of time on FaceTime to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, just, I just love being around people. So whatever that may be, um, movies, beach, um, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just around having human interaction is um, what I love doing. Nice. Well, Loz, I wanted to ask a little bit more about this current WNBL season. Um, I did mention to you I was going to ask you about um relationship you've got with a, a friend of the podcast that's been on a, a couple of times um, with us now that we're huge fans of, and um, the Hawks coach, um, Jacob Jacoma. So I wasn't actually aware that you guys were sort of together before we lined this up, so that was pretty cool hearing that. But, yeah, how is that going with sort of the, the long-distance thing and obviously with such you know busy busy schedules and busy lives that you guys live? fine uh, we've, got, we've been pretty lucky actually we both played in Melbourne at the same time last week um so he got to come to my game and I got to go to his and then I was home a few a couple of weeks prior to that just visiting because we had the weekend off and then I'll be home again for Christmas so I feel like it's only ever been not even three weeks apart and um yeah he's probably hoping it's longer um <laughs> but it's been it's good um it's good. We actually surprisingly don't talk as much basketball as what everyone thinks, mm. um, especially after a bad game. Um, but no, he's he's good and it's going well. That's uh, great to hear. I guess Woody and I have sort of taken a little bit of an extra interest in the Hawks since having him on and just some of those close losses they've had this year. I'm sort of 
you know, yelling at the TV, sort of almost, you know, I'm a huge Wildcats fan myself, but almost yelling for the Hawks to win like they're my own team. So, yeah, I know the success will come with him. He's, he's clearly a, you know, a great guy and a great coach there. So um, I believe there's a bit of a connection, right? He's family friends with um, Vanessa Panusis, who I think you're pretty close with as well, and, you know, a teammate um, with Sutherland in the NBL1 there. So there's a bit of a, a connection there as well, right? Yeah, I yeah, played with Vanessa last season and um, actually lived with Vanessa in Adelaide um, wow. um, for a season in the WNBL. So I actually didn't – I knew of Jake back then just purely because um, they were really good friends but didn't know him until I moved back to Sydney a couple of years later. Um, so, yeah, no, it's – yeah, she's a um, really close friend of mine and Jake. So, yeah, that's pretty cool as well. Nice. Did she? I don't remember rightly. She hit like ten three pointers in an NBL one game last season. I think. Yeah, I think I don't know. It might have been nine or ten, but okay. something we'll like that. 10. She, Sounds better. Yeah. She, I tell you what. Once she gets, yeah, we'll go with ten. Over ten. Okay. Um, no, she's a. She can really shoot the ball. No, good stuff. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the WNBL season so far. There was So I guess at the time of recording, um, what are we today? It's Tuesday the 13th of December. So the fire are four and two um, in third place. Um, how do you feel the team's going so far in these first six games? I think we've been solid. Um, a few games that we have dropped, we were right there. Um, especially the Melbourne game just this past week. Um, we were actually winning for three quarters um, and then, you know, probably just ran out of legs, fatigue and a few um, things and Melbourne started hitting a lot of shots and, um, yeah, we just couldn't quite get them. But I think overall we've been building. Um, different players have been stepping up. Um, you know, we had one of our main bigs in Zatina go down a few weeks ago with an injury but then um one of our younger girls Lara McSpadden come in and do a really great job for us so um yeah I think the young girls are doing good taking their opportunities and um you know Shannon just talks about just build um we just need to be better every week and but I think right now we're in a really good spot I think we have one game before Christmas and then a bye um when everyone else plays so we really have to win this weekend um, going into Christmas so we can all have a happy Christmas and then, um, yeah, just build on that um, following following the break. Nice. I was going to ask about that. So you're right, it's a pretty light schedule for the rest of the month, isn't it? So I think you guys play Perth this Saturday and then, as you said, the, the next game's um, New Year's Eve there, I think um, another home game against Bendigo. So what are your plans around Christmas? Are you sort of coming home or you sort of spend Christmas up there or...? Yeah, so we'll um, play this Saturday and then we have a few days still in town for to train. Uh, just because, I mean, having more than a week off is probably not ideal um, to prepare for our New Year's Eve game. So I'll go home, I think it's for about four or five days over Christmas, um, just be with the family, um, spend half the day with my family and half the day with uh, Jacob's family and uh, yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice to be home. It's a good little refresher for everyone, and then we can come back in after Christmas and really get after it. Oh, good to hear. And look, um, I know you're a real team player, but we weren't going to bring you on and not talk about you know, your stats so far this year. So for those that aren't, aren't aware, so after six games, you're averaging 21 points, which is second in the league, 
Um, you're leading the league in free throw percentage at 88%. Um, shooting a red hot 53% from the three-point line. So, honestly, in my humble opinion, I think you're a legit MVP chance so far this year. So, you must be feeling pretty good um, personally after these six games, yeah? Uh, yeah, I do feel good. Um, I think I still have a long way to go. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I Before this season, I did put in a lot of work and I actually felt... Um, more ready than I have in a long time, um, especially before last season. I had a few niggles and I was fresh off two quarantines, which is not ideal for any athlete um, coming into a season. So I just made sure I was fresh and ready to go. And um, yeah, I just I feel good. And I feel like um, Shannon, our coach, has all the confidence in me to um be the best I can be. So that's pretty cool. And also I've just played with a really great bunch of girls right now. And um, like everyone always says it, but it makes things so much easier on the court when you have really great people around you, you know, you might take a terrible shot, but no one's going to say like get mad at you or whatever else. So it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to be a part of something that um, is a, is a great environment. How hard do you work on those free throws there? It's obviously a great skill that you've got there. Do you put a lot of time and effort into to practicing those free throws or has that always, always been something that's been pretty natural for you? Uh, um, I probably put a little bit more effort in when I was younger. Um, I was still always shoot some every day at least, but, um, you know, I'm probably only shooting more 20 day at the moment, but I just feel like that's enough to be where I want to be. Stuff. Yeah, the humility you speak with and, and then the way you talk about your teammates helping you so much is just an awesome quality to have. So I respect that a lot. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about what happened with the Women's World Cup, right? I was there at almost every game and I saw, you know, how the crowds just coming in. And on the back of that, the, the popularity in the women's game has really grown. And even at WNBL games, you're seeing the crowds are a lot better. Um, What's the standard of the, the league like this year? You, know, you, you get people like, you know, Joss Willoughby coming in. You mes- mentioned Tiffany Mitchell, um, you know, Nelson Adoro. You've got all these great imports coming from the U.S. to come play here, right? The league must be in a really good place now in terms of the, the level the game's being played at, right? Yeah, I think that um, slowly over the years, imports um, have realized and Australians have realized the quality of our league and I think it's up there it's the second best league in the world um some will argue that the Euro League is better but I don't believe that and I think that um, imports are who have been out here uh, going back there telling people that this is a great league to be a part of you know we're treated pretty well in Australia as well and um yeah it's it's cool to play against such quality people and I hope that as the league continues every year, it will just get better and better. And we've seen that in the last few years. Hey, Loz, are you someone that watches a lot of basketball? Like, will you check out the other WNBL games? Will you watch sort of NBL, WNBA, NBA? Are you one of these sort of people? Or do you sort of switch off when, you, when you're not playing? Yeah, I watch. Um, I tune into most WNBL games. Um, I love watching and... Uh, I'll never miss one of Jake's games. Uh, I always watch the Hawks play. 
Uh, and, you know, if I'm home and the NBL game's on, I'll always um, put, have it on for sure. I uh, love supporting it. I don't, I'll watch some NBA, I'll jump, off, I'll jump on as soon as the um, playoffs come on. But, yeah, pretty much just the NBL and WNBL, what I truly follow. So before Robbie just jumps into his uh, waxes lyrical about NBL1, which I know he wants to do, um, life after basketball. Plans? Have you, have you thought about what's going to happen once uh, the game is done? <laughs> yeah, so I, I um, have a communication degree from over in the States and also came home and did my master's in teaching. Uh, so I don't know, I might jump into some sort of teaching role. Well, I wouldn't mind also um, coaching in a school, actually, uh, even coaching basketball uh, in some capacity. I'm not sure if that's just a junior team and then, you know, working as a teacher as well or whatever that may be. Um, but, yeah, something to do with kids, I would say, life after basketball. And then, of course, hopefully one day um, can have a family too. That would, um, yeah, be cool too. Uh, that's great to hear. So, look, I did want to talk a little bit of NBL1 before we sort of um, wrap things up. Um, so, as I mentioned, I was um, lucky enough to call the, the Hills Hornets home game that you played against um, Hills this season. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, though, when the Sharks... I was drinking to town. beers as well behind you. Man. You were drinking beers in the background, were you? Um, but, yeah, the, the Sharks came to town and won by 45 points. Um, I remember in that game, um, Logs, you had 27, 6 and 5, along with five steals, um, shooting a cool 71% from the field. So that was a little bit annoying watching that, but I did I did enjoy sort of seeing that. But I guess all jokes aside, how did you find that NBL 1 East um, season last year and do you enjoy playing at that level? Yeah, I love it. Um, I especially loved going home to Sunland and getting to play at my junior club again. That was really special. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool that um, New South Wales are in the NBL one now. Um, I think it's just going to grow um, as well. Basketball is going to grow. And um, I also think that all of the teams in it will compete um, better every season. And that's exciting as well. There's some really good junior juniors coming through New South Wales. Um, I've had my eye on a few of them. You know, there's one really great one coming out of Bankstown and a few here and there. Um, so, yeah, it was cool to go back. I love also playing uh, um, with a couple of people my age, but also the majority who are younger and just, you know, trying to get better. And I love being able to help them and um, be more of a mentor for those young kids, um, especially being home in Southern. So I know you guys ended up playing against Albury in that NBL1 um, East final. So, look, it'd be remiss of me not to ask about the other superstar, Lauren, that plays as well. So um, what's it like sort of being, you know, playing against Lauren Jackson? Have you played much against her over the years, given she's been out of the game for a while? And, yeah, what was it like to sort of go against her in that, in that final there? I've never played against her. I'd been to okay. one Opals camp with LJ and I literally, like, I felt like I stared at her the whole time um, just because I was in awe of her and thought this is the coolest thing of my life. I'm literally running up and down the basketball court with Lauren Jackson. She set me an on-ball screen. Like, 
what is happening. Um, so that was cool. And now, um, yeah, in the NBL one, got to play against her. Um, God, she's just, she's just a machine. Like no one who can play basketball at 41 years old like she can. It's just incredible. And um, yeah, you know, I've never, I hate losing grand finals, but it was a weird feeling that one because I felt like I could accept it because it was Jackson and she's the best. She was the best player in the world. And, you know, she just beat me in a grand, grand final. Oh, well, I'll take that one. So as I was disappointed, but, you know, she can have that one. <laughs> nice. And look, I've mentioned on the show before, um, after you know, I called the Aubrey game, I was a little bit starstruck, went up and sort of had a chat with her and, gee, she was just so nice as well. And, she literally stayed out of the, you know, the stadium at Castle Hill there for probably a good hour after her game finished, just getting photos and signing stuff for everyone. So that was really nice to to see that. Obviously, she doesn't have to do that. So that sort of made me sort of hold her even, you know, in higher stead sort of seeing that. So, um, and look, Lodge, you did mention at the moment, so you're undecided maybe who you might be playing for um, in the NBL 1. So, look, if you want to um, come and have a game with the Hills, I reckon you'd look really good in green there. So just give me a call and you know, make something happen if you if you want to go down that route anyway. All right, I'll let you know. Thanks. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, look, Lars, I thought we might sort of bring to the end of it now. Look, we've absolutely loved having you on. Um, look, something Woody and I have sort of been really um, wanting to do on this show, I guess, is really spread the the word about the women's game, um, especially with a lot of guys. You know what it's like, Woods, all the sort of guys our age, even sort of they're not really that much into the NBL. It's all NBA and everything else like that. But we're really trying to sort of continue to help grow the game, you know, spread the word about how good the, the women's basketball scene is in Australia. So it's just been an absolute honour to have you on there. Um, so, um, yeah, look, I just wanted to sort of just obviously mention, as I said at the start, um, if you can, what, if you're watching the videos, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. We're at throwbackshoops. Um, we're on Instagram at throwback.hoops. Um, and, of course, we've got an email address, which is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So probably going to do a mailbag episode over Christmas. Is that right, Woods? Yeah. So just get your questions to us. We'll do our best to answer as many of them as we can. You know, mix it up. Send us some questions about various different leagues, the WNBL, the NBL, the NBA, or even if you have a jersey request that you'd like us to wear on the show, it's a good chance Robbie or, or I probably have it. And thanks to all our um Patreon um, pledges who who contribute towards the uh, maintenance of the show. Um, yeah, really appreciate everyone's support. Well, as soon as that um, number one Townsville Fire jersey arrives in the mail, I'm not sure when that will be, but I'll, I'll definitely wear that on an episode and, and show that one off. So um, any final words, Loz? We always like to give someone the final words. Any, any shout-outs, anything you'd like to say before we go? No, all good. It's been awesome chatting to you guys. I can't wait to see the number one fire jersey on the show. Absolutely. I'll let you know as soon as we've got it. All right. Well, look, it's a big um, shout out from Throwback Hoops. Um, really enjoyed the show today. Can't wait to do it all again next week. And peace out from Throwback Hoops. Peace.